You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. This is the Aftermath episode. It's the Huddle Up Podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me is my fellow football priest. He is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, you had the story for us today, but unbeknownst to a lot of uh, media, unbeknownst to all fans, Graham Glasgow was rushed to the hospital last night after the game in New York because he was having a racing heart, heartbeat, weird palpitations, whatever, and uh, actually stayed the night. Going to be flying home on a Bronco-charted uh, private jet here probably today sometime. But yeah. you had the story for us, what Vic Fangio talked about today. In case everyone missed it or anyone missed it, drop some knowledge. Well, it was also unbeknownst to Vic Fangio because Glasgow told him that he started feeling it, you know, differently, weirdly around the third or fourth series of the game. And he went on and played the majority of the snaps. And I think as a precautionary measure, he left MetLife Stadium in an ambulance. He was taken to a local hospital to undergo further testing. And according to Vic Fangio, everything's so far so good when it comes to Glasgow's testing. So uh, prayers up for him. Health is more important than football. It's still a game at the end of the day. And obviously when you have arrhythmia, which is a uh, Fangio said it wasn't something that ran in his family. This wasn't a reoccurring thing. It was a one-time thing, maybe a freak occurrence. I am happy Graham's okay. He put out a statement on Twitter thanking everyone for their well wishes. He says he'll be back. He's excited about where the team is going. He's going to be in New York overnight tonight, one more night, and expected to return to Denver sometime tomorrow. Uh, whether he practices Wednesday is unclear right now, but you know, fortunately it seems like he's okay. Scary incident, though. Definitely scary. And Graham, friend of the show, we've had him on the Huddle Up podcast. Yeah. Great dude. Very down to earth. Um, and you hate seeing that. But hey, you know, I think he's Zach. He only ended up actually taking himself off the field for three snaps, if I'm not mistaken. So he played through it. Yeah. You know, I think it was uh, Tyler Columbus mentioned this. Um, I think it was on Twitter. Of course, former Denver Broncos right tackle. A current host of the drive, co-host of the drive with DMAC on 104.3 The Fan in Denver. As a former player himself, he said, I've seen it. If I've seen it once, I've seen it many, many times. Similar things where players, they want to get all geeked up and amped up for the game, Zach, and they'll maybe overdo it on some pre-workout mix, right, that has like loads of caffeine and yeah. taurine. Uh, you combine that with maybe a Toradol shot, which, you know, all that stuff, and it can – throwing central nervous system out of whack a little bit. We don't know that that's what happened with Graham. Make, I want to make that clear right now. That That's just pure speculation. But hopefully it's something like that, Zach, and not, you know, the the, the surface of something more deeply rooted because yeah. the Broncos need him at right guard. They're paying him $11 million this year. And he kind of had a dissatisfying season last year, probably in, even in his own opinion, if I can remember talking with him. Uh, because of, you know, he got an injury, he got the virus and had to miss time. So this is his chance, similar to Jerry Judy, worked hard to get back and be ready to rock and roll. So we want to see him where he belongs at right tackle. And, you know, to his credit yesterday, I think he played overall a really clean, good game. Uh, the Broncos offensive line, they were a little leaky against that Giants defensive front. But for the most part, Teddy Bridgewater was kept off his back. And that's a credit to the Broncos interior and the especially right tackle with Bobby Massey, but the right side with Glasgow as well. He actually played, for my money, better than Dalton Reisner, and I'm not disparaging anyone. So the Broncos do need him, as you said, Chad. I mean, they're gonna, they have the makings right now. If they play like they can play with Mike Munchak's tutelage, could be a top 12, top 10 offensive line, and Glasgow's certainly a part of that. So, uh, again, prayers up for him. I hope he's feeling better and hope he gets back to the field sooner and not later. Guys, lots more to get to, including – some of what Vic Fangio had to say amongst many others uh, players that took to the podium. I want to talk about the post-game victory speech at the locker room at MetLife Stadium was freaking electric. Really cool. We're going to talk about that. Good to see Kathy. Good to see Michaela. Uh, good to see Dylan locking it down as a moderator for us over on YouTube. Appreciate everything you do for us, Dylan. Um, just want to say, hey, Todd, Ostendorf's in the house. We got Mike. We got William. Lots and lots. It's really good to see everybody. Jay, 
George, what's going on? Yeah, poor Raiders. Uh, lots to get to, but before we do, Zach, um, we got to do a quick update here on where we stand on the Facebook giveaway and the YouTube giveaway slash contest, starting with you or uh, Facebook. Pardon me. Uh, here's where we're at. All right, guys, we're trying. We're, the goal for September is 250,000 stars. If we get to 250k stars. We are going to, just like we did last month, raffle off a jersey, only this time it's going to be a Justin Simmons jersey. And Zach, when we took to the microphone last night for the gut reaction, we were at 12%. So in one night, uh, we climbed 6%, but we're coming up pretty close here to halfway through the month. So if we're going to hit goal, and we want to give away this jersey, if we're going to hit goal, we got to get cranking the community on stars. Let's take a look at who is actually in the running for the raffle. Remember, guys, the only people that are actually in the running for the giveaway, for the drawing, are those who contributed to the goal. And Facebook keeps track of it for us in rank. Zeus McPeak at the top, number one, followed by Michael. Good to see you. Chris Hernandez, love Chris. Randy Jones at four. Shane at five. Howie at six. Peter at seven. Gary Leeds Palmer at eight. Lawrence at nine. Travis Weber at ten. And then here's just a few of the names right outside the top ten. Now, Zach, as we mentioned a uh, couple of days back, uh, we're not we're including YouTube in this. We're gonna so we're ultimately giving away two jerseys. All right, and the way it works on YouTube is the top five finishers in the in, on Super Chat are gonna go into a hat drawing. Boom, you get the jersey. Here's what it's looking like for the month of September on YouTube. Michaela, the Duchess, at the very top, followed by Zeus. Zeus in the top rankings in both YouTube and Facebook. Christy, the Queen, at three. Casey at four, Brian Greenfield at five, and just for the sake of uh, being thorough, Mark Langley at six, Dale Rudd at seven, Kiaka at eight, Naj at nine, and Kevin Smith at 10. So we will flash this and update it every single day on the live stream podcast so everyone knows where everyone stands on the giveaway, and we appreciate everyone who is participating because, yeah, you have a chance to get a little something in return for that, Zach, I just spent 45 minutes at the post office today sending out a bunch of giveaway stuff from our last contest, which I was happy to do. It was a lot of fun, but it also helps support the channel. All right, it helps support this podcast, so we appreciate you guys. And, Zach, one last thing before we dive back into the content. Guys, we got to draw your attention to BetQL, sponsor of tonight's live stream. If you want to get the edge over your bookie, over your sports book, you got to go download the BetQL app, which is the only app you're going to need to make those smart bets because BetQL's Best Bets computer model scans over 350,000 unique bets per year to give you the best bet recommendation for every game, and it's across all sports, giving you the reasoning, the logic, the, the strategy behind why you should place the bet so you're never flying blind. All right, BetQL's model covers everything from spreads, over-unders, and even player prop bets. Yeah, BetQL provides the sharp data so you can see who the pros are backing. It's a really great service, guys. I can't recommend it highly enough. And they come with uh, line movements so you can jump on betting opportunities in real time. BetQL offer, also offers team summaries highlighting previous success against the spread and the over-under as well as breaking news when lineups change and injury statuses are updated. That's really important. Plus, don't forget this, you can save all of your picks in one place to track your success and winning streaks as well as view your rank on their leaderboard. That's right, guys. So here's what you do, and then we're going to dive right back into content. Okay, give yourself the betting edge on game day. Head to the App Store or Google Play right now. Download BetQL. If you're on a browser, you can click on try.betql.co slash mhh to get started now. But the easiest thing to do, again, download the app. When you enter the code mhh at checkout, you're going to get 25% off any BetQL subscription offerings, mhh at checkout. Yeah, last thing, Broncos country, be sure to check out BetQL's BetMGM offer in the description of this video below in order to receive a free year of BetQL. Download the BetQL app and use the code MHH at checkout for 25% off and arm yourself with all the weapons you need to beat your bookie on game day. All right, real quick, Zach, as I start getting a, a, a pulse on what's going on in the chat, what's up, uh, yes, all right, Natani's mom jumping in again. Mama Muti. Uh, Mama Muti. Mama Muti, and by the way, it was really cool to see uh, Natani uh, get a few snaps in the yes. season opener. Very cool. 
he more than held his own, obviously. But uh, thank you for the support, Mama Muti. Good to see you. And what an appropriate emoji for Muti, considering he's yeah. probably the strongest Bronco on the team. So you have a great one there, Mama Muti. No doubt. Uh, Zach, as I kind of come through this a little bit here, I want to get your take because the gut reaction is what it is. It's meant to be an emotional gut reaction. And as, as much as we try to be as, um, you know, balanced as possible, when it's hot off the press, you haven't had to, time to really study the film. All you're going off is a television broadcast or if you're at the game watching from the booth or whatever, the gut reaction is meant to be straight off the cuff. And so sometimes with the hormones flying and, you know, emotions high, you might view things a little bit differently when you're right up against it and you're right close. And then the day goes by 24 hours and you start getting more of the macro view. Has any of your insights from the gut reaction, whether it's Teddy, uh, Vaughn, Gordon, what's your take today? What, what do you come away with? I still am feeling <laughs> – I'm feeling – I'm holding firm to everything I said yesterday. And I don't want to – the one thing I don't want to get confused is overinflating a week one victory – the Giants, it was, you know, it's an opponent. I wouldn't say it's a quality opponent. I wouldn't say it's a playoff caliber opponent, but it was a nice, convincing victory. I had a lot of fun watching the Broncos for once, and I never really thought the game was in doubt. I always thought they were the better team, and they exerted themselves as much. I, I will say this, though, and this has nothing to do with Mr. Drew Locke, number three. Teddy, I, I saw a, a sideline conversation that Von Miller had with Teddy Bridgewater. And he came up to a man to man and said, we haven't had this type of leadership. He thanked him for a pep talk Von did to Teddy. And he goes, we haven't had that type of leadership since 18, since Peyton Manning, not 2018. And it was a very candid moment. It was a very raw, unscripted, uh, nothing for optics, nothing for PR. It was literally one man, one player talking to another. And the vibe I got from that video was the same vibe I got from watching the game. Teddy really does have the pulse of this locker room. Teddy really did win every player over, and not just as players, but as men. And I guess when you think about it, Chad, maybe other quarterbacks in the past weren't ready to take, take on that responsibility. Maybe that's a bigger quality than uh, is talked about. You know, we always talk about him being check down Teddy and, and dump off Teddy, but no one ever talks about leader Teddy. And leader Teddy came through yesterday, and it's making an impression on the Broncos and also myself, i got to be honest. It's like even Drew Locke admitted and during the summer. It, might, it was either the last presser he did before the decision or the first presser he did, the only presser he's done, since the decision, but he admitted that, you know what, I've seen a lot of things watching Teddy and being around Teddy that from a leadership perspective that I just didn't know. I, you know, you don't know what you don't know. It's, that's, it's a ridiculous thing to say that, right? You're like, you know, well, of course you don't know what you don't know, but it's true. And so it can really help flip a paradigm and whether it ends up shaking out positively for Drew in Denver or somewhere else, I think it will. Um, Joshua, what's going on? Appreciate that, my friend. Appreciate the stars. We'll do the update there. I know we had Eddie Vasquez on a, on a super chat, Joshua. He says, let's go Broncos. Let's get two in a row. Really appreciate you, brother. We're, we're, uh, we're going to flash the uh, rankings on, on Facebook one second. Eddie, good to see you, buddy. He says, and thank you for the super. He says, Teddy had the moxie and had the composure. I'm feeling good about it. I'm hoping he continues to work on making the great throws, but I loved what I saw. 100. Zach, Last thing I want to say on the subject of leadership, and this was something I talked about leading up to whether Teddy won or not, was the leadership thing about Teddy, that jumped out to me right out of the gates. The first time he stood up at the podium as a Denver Bronco, uh, that made an impression on me, which is odd because you didn't get to see him with any players up to that point. I mean, that was your first impression. But what I said about Teddy was, hey, leadership, it's great. You need it at the quarterback position is paramount, but it's hollow. It rings hollow if the production isn't there. And so right now for the Denver Broncos coming out of week one, man, they're sizzling because the production was there, which only allows Teddy's leadership. So when he's like, whether it's uh, getting after someone or inspiring someone, it's no, it's not going to ring hollow. It's going to hold some sand. It's going to hold some water because it came out in the wash. He went out there and executed and led the Broncos. Now look, it's the New York Giants. The same people that are saying, hey, now slow your roll, it was just the New York Giants, which I understand are the same people that if – if uh, I'm not, I'm not going to use that analogy. That's, that's probably not fair. But either way, it was a win against an NFC East opponent that you had to take care of, Zach. Right. They would have criticized him if – you know, you got to win the games that you're supposed to win, right. and that's what Teddy did. 
Exactly. You can only play the, the the teams and the players that are in front of you, and the Giants were the first on the docket. I will say, though, that winning cures all. So if the Broncos didn't make those fourth downs, Vic Fangio doesn't look like a hero. He looks like the GOAT. If Teddy doesn't, you know, if they don't get by against the Giants, people are questioning whether his leadership is enough to be the quarterback of the Broncos, maybe more clamoring for Drew Locke. But none of that really matters. Those are hypotheticals. He turned in a... a a better performance than I thought he was capable of, at least early on in the season. Same goes for a lot of players on the team. Same goes for a lot of coaches on this team. Overall, I literally cannot pick many nits about the Broncos' Week 1 win. All I can hope is it's a harbinger, a sign of things to come. I hope it wasn't an outlier. I want them to continue and to keep it rolling into Week 2. This Jaguars team is the weakest team they will face all year, bar none, especially coming off how they played yesterday. You're talking about beating the teams in front of you. They have to be, not just hope to be, they have to be 2-0 going into our meetup in week three against the Jets. Mama Muti, here's the ranking for today on, on Facebook. With She's tied. Both she and Joshua Shadow have tied the biggest individual stars um, on this channel history. So props. Thank you, guys. You're going to, I mean, obviously, we're, we're going to be closing the gap we might even be at like 30, 40% to goal by the end of tonight's show just because of Mama Muti, Joshua, plus Zeus throwing down on YouTube, throwing down on Facebook, Andrew Baker, Gary Leeds Palmer. Thanks, you guys. We're going to be keeping an eye out for any of your comments or questions in the chat, including one here from John Juno. Good to see you, buddy. We love you too. Appreciate you. We will definitely keep up the work. Uh, Zach, here's Doug from uh, Butte, Montana. Blessings, priests. Right back at you, my friend. Dave Glassman as well, a supporter <clears throat> and subscriber, to, that gets access to, obviously, these shows each and every night that we do seven nights a week, plus our Tuesday and Thursday drive time shows called Broncos for Breakfast with Scott Kennedy and Nick Kendall. Those are free and open to everybody, but we also have subscriber-only premium VIP pods on Saturdays for Facebook supporters only, subscribers, five bucks a month. Just go to our Mile High Huddle Facebook page and you can sub, okay? Okay. Um, you know, Chad, this is not a bad idea. I think that's Kenneth Booker, right? Yes, KB, that's KB. Yep. Mama, you, you have an open invitation. If you ever want to come on the Huddle Up podcast, we would love to have you on here. It would be fun. Yeah, uh, KB, the uh, globetrotter himself, he's, he went from Hawaii to, I get a phone call from him. He's in the Big Apple, and then he's like in the Big Apple going, yeah, hey, uh, so I got to go. I got to hop on a plane because I'm going to be at the Bronco game. To, or no, not, not hop on a plane, but I'm going to be at the Bronco game tomorrow. I'm like, dude, this, this fella gets around. I love it. Base Gase. What's going on, dude? Good to see you. Thank you for the support, brother. He says, do you think it would be smart to pay Patrick, Tim Patrick, over Cortland Sutton? Probably would cost half as much for somewhat similar production. I still like Sutton. You know, I wouldn't uh, – listen, guys. Timmy P proved last year that he is as good an X receiver as just about anybody in the league, but I'm not quite ready to put him on the same level as Cortland Sutton. And Cortland Sutton – you know, I can pull up uh, last night's box score, but, you know, he's still shaking the rust off a little bit. By halfway through this yeah. season, Zach, health willing, and I think it will, all right, Sutton's going to be producing like the dynamic yeah. Pro Bowl slash all-pro caliber guy he is. A lot of people are forgetting that yesterday it was no hidden, you know, secret here. They were going to manage Cortland Sutton's snaps he was going to be on a pitch count. He was going to be gently worked into the rotation because they had so many receivers, including Patrick, KJ Hamler, and Jerry Judy. And when Jerry Judy went down yesterday, unfortunately, it, it thrust Cortland Sutton back into the limelight. But there's a reason why we refer to Tim Patrick as Cortland Sutton light. You know, Diet Coke is still Diet Coke. It'll never be Coke. And Cortland Sutton is Coke. When he's healthy, he's a borderline top 10 receiver. I'm one of the biggest Tim Patrick fans alive. I've been advocating for this guy since 2018. But he's just not capable, I think, of doing what Cortland Sutton can do when he's fully healthy. But great guy to have. And thank God now, Peyton had enough foresight not to give in to the media and the fans that wanted to trade Tim Patrick for a measly third or fourth round draft pick. Injuries happen. This is why when your next man up is Tim Patrick, it's smart to have the guy that believes in him and can have enough vision to see in the future and keep that core around. Shout out to Albert. Uh, shout out to Ronnie. Appreciate you. And then Darko, oh, sorry, real quick, bringing up a good point here about Garrett Bowles. Garrett Bowles had him a day. We'll grab Kiaka. Uh, Garrett Bowles played well. He had one moment where he was trying to open up a lane in the, in the blocking game that the television broadcast captured quite well where he got trucked, but 
He played very, very well. Garrett Bowles, it seems like, Zach, last year was not a flash in the pan, and I'm knocking on wood as I say that. I am too. And I actually believe now he made, that was another player on my list. You know, Pat Shermer, he was a little vindicated in my eyes. Teddy Bridgewater, Melvin Gordon, and also Garrett Bowles. I I was giving him his just desserts last year. I was eating a lot of crow until I couldn't eat it anymore on Garrett. But I said, please just let him do it for two consecutive years. Let it be consistent. Let it be the new Garrett Bowles and not just hoping and praying that the other shoe is going to drop. But yesterday, that's a really tough front seven he went up against, and he was a wall at left tackle. You love to see it. Absolutely. Uh, Here is uh, Kiak. Where to go? There he is. Can't wait to see you in just a week and a half or so. Let's see. Not this Sunday, but the next. So, yeah, dude, it's barreling down on us. And thank you for the super, my friend. He says, Aloha, fam. Okay, I've tried to let the dust settle all day today, but the feeling fails to subside. It feels good, obviously, but it feels different. It does. Zach, this was something Vaughn said at the podium after last night's game, and he said, you know what, I've, uh, it's not the first time I've said it, but this is going to be the last time because it's just kind of bad for him to have to keep standing up there and saying this. But he said, this team is different. This time it feels different. And – I think there's a lot of reasons behind why it is different. Doesn't ju- not just that it feels different. Why this team is, from a metal that's M E T T L E perspective, constitution perspective, it is different. But Zach, I think obviously one of the big reasons why we can't undersell it, Teddy Bridgewater, and if he can continue to, if his play can continue to match and be commensurate with his leadership and intangible skills. Man, that's something you can actually really start getting excited about. Well, I'll go full bore ahead and say it's different when they take down a playoff caliber opponent. If they upset the Chiefs when they play them, yeah, I'll say it's different. If they, you know, if they go on a winning streak and assert this dominance continuously, then I'll say it's different. It certainly does feel different than years past, though. It was nice having a quarterback making plays in the pocket. Nothing against the other quarterbacks, but how Teddy played really surprised me. I mean, he made the throw where he broke away and he stiff-armed and he got rid of the ball to Hamler. If Patrick Mahomes would have done that, it'd be plastered all over ESPN. Teddy Bridgewater gets no credit. He should. He impressed a lot of people, including myself yesterday. Uh, So they have to keep proving it, but it does. And I think Von Miller is reading my Twitter account because when Melvin Gordon can break off a 70-yard touchdown run, I said the Broncos just hit different this year. I was never worried about the game. It was never in question to me. I always thought the Giants were inferior, and and the Broncos would exert their will on them. They scored before halftime, coming out of halftime. It was just a different Broncos team. This isn't your brother's Broncos anymore. It's a new-age Broncos. (laughs) I like that. This isn't your brother's Broncos. Uh, Rello Takeover in the house. What's up, buddy? Good to see you. Thank you. He says, the Broncos are hungry this year, and I love it, MHH. Yeah, there is just some... There's just, there was just a level of intensity in that game against the Giants that, you know, the way it re- it revealed itself, Zach, again, I got to credit Teddy for this, was consistent fight, all right? Consistent going above and beyond. Consistent doing what it took to move the chains. Consistent kind of will to win. And I think in the past few iterations of the Denver Broncos, including with Drew and both of us, you know, we're, we're positive, optimistic on the Drew Locke front. Uh, I still think he can be something in the league, but, you know, the writing's on the wall probably for him in Denver. Uh, but nevertheless, it was something that, you know, they just lacked that. It was, you know, we talked about a, le- a dearth of leadership for many years now. I mean, predating Drew, predating Keenum, pre- all the way back to the Simeon, Lynch, you know, 16, 17 seasons. And you need leadership, not just to rally the troops, but guys who are going to go out on the field and lay it all out on the line. And if it doesn't come from the quarterback first, it's hard for everyone else on that roster to really catch the bug, so to speak. You know, I also have to give credit, you know, it was a new kind of game, a new feeling, not just at quarterback or running back or a skill position, but at coaching. Pat Shermer had a game plan, Chad. I mean, he had a way and, and and he had a vision as to attack the Giants' defense, and they executed that vision. That's all I ever wanted to see from him with Drew Locker or any other quarterback. So 
Fangio had the team prepared, ready to go. There was no malaise to the game for the most part. There was a lot of intensity, like you said. Not an easy start on the East Coast on the road in Week 1. The Broncos got it done and got it done convincingly. I think it's a credit to everyone involved. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. I want to grab this one from Andrew and then we'll grab Michaela. Andrew, thank you for the stars, brother. He says, I know it's only one game and the Giants, but the first game sets the tone for the season. First impression is everything. How about them Broncos? Let's go MHH for life. Yeah, I mean, as we were saying last night, you had that negative Nancy kind of boo bird contingent, which is every fan base has it uh, at differing degrees and at different points on an NFL calendar. But we were saying, hey, dispense with the it was just the Giants talk and enjoy this one because you have to take care of business. You're supposed to – if you don't beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, and it's something I even said in the Mile High Roundtable, Zach, before we went live, uh, the predictions, that uh, if they don't, if they struggle in this game and they don't win, it's going to be a harbinger of things to come for 2021. And the inverse is true. They go out there the way they did and just set the tone and lay it on somebody and come out with a resounding, comfortable win, that also, Zach, is a harbinger of what I think 2021 has in store. Yeah, I see a comment Michaela made we'll get to in a second, but it's the same thing I want to say here. This this wasn't, I would call, a litmus test for the Broncos. That won't come until week four at the earliest when they take on Baltimore. And Andrew, I agree with your optimism, and I'm happy that you're happy. I'm happy for Broncos country to celebrate a nice victory, but saying how about them Broncos reminded me of 2017 when they blew the doors off Dallas, and we all thought it was going to be a new age season that year, or it was a new Broncos team that year, and it wasn't. So it is a very impressive victory. Everyone deserves their flowers for that victory. But let's beat up on the Jaguars. Let's take down the Jets and, and take care of business against another pair of inferior teams. Get to week four against Baltimore. You beat them. You beat them handily. Then we'll start talking. Michaela, the Duchess, jumping in. Thank you so much, my friend. She's only uh, salting away her position at the very top on YouTube for the Justin Simmons giveaway. She says, is it just me? Or Teddy needs a better haircut, LOL. I don't know about the haircut, but I'll tell you this. The equipment folk, they need to figure out how to make sure that helmet stays on that uh, that dome with that haircut, uh, whatever you might think of it, because he lost it way too many times yesterday. Yeah, he was also taking, just uh, to me, a lot of unnecessary hits. I mean, I agree with the way he was playing, very you know ballsy, very aggressive, but I just, he's just kind of a slight fellow. Just stay healthy, please. Yep. Absolutely. Here's Josh Shadow also jumping in on YouTube. Thank you for that generosity, brother. It really means a lot. He says, if this is the team we can get every Sunday, I can see 12 wins. Beat a defense down, make them pay. Yes, indeed. Before the season, both Zach and I said that with Teddy or Drew, this is a team that can win nine or ten games. I slept on just how much juice Teddy might have left in the tank. All right. I didn't expect him to be that. It was an intensity thing that just really was palpable. You know, he was, he's out to prove something this year. And I think the way things crumbled for him in Carolina uh, and just kind of that instinctual gut feel, knowing that this is probably his last shot to be, to even have a chance to compete for a starting job in the league, let alone win one. He's a man on a mission. And hearing him, like, here's a comment here as well, Joshua. I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot over here to Ronnie that kind of ties into some of this. 
He says, I watched two pressers with Teddy in the locker room speeches after the game yesterday. He's humble. He's eloquent. He's unassuming. Not about himself at all. Very charismatic and real. I can see why he is respected and viewed as a good guy. Yes, and it's nothing new. I mean, you can talk to Scott Kennedy, who's been in the recruiting business for a couple of decades nearly, I think. Either way, he knows the whole Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Bridgewater story. Uh, dating all the way back to Dade Broward in Miami where he played high school ball. He was like that in high school. Every player wanted to play with Teddy and wanted to fight and go to war for Teddy. So as long as you have that all for one, one for all rallying around the queue this year, man, you can, I think it's okay to, to get your hopes up a little bit. Don't get too out far over your skis, but it's okay to be optimistic. Yeah. I've heard 2015 talk. I've heard Super Bowl talk. I mean, let's back off that that take for one hot second. Let's get to week four, like I said, against Baltimore. Let's get to week two, actually, and see if they can keep producing that that level of output. But I think you're on to something with Teddy Chad. He was throwing with such intensity yesterday, such power. It almost seemed like he was putting his own motivation into those throws. I mean, with a defender draped all over him, throwing a 20-yard outbreaking strike to KJ Hamler, literally stiff-arming would-be sackers and defenders and, and getting away and making Mahomesian-type plays. I think he is motivated, and the more chips on his shoulder, the better off the Broncos will be. I uh, got a question here after Chris about Jonathan Cooper that I'm going to grab from Bama X. Chris, what's up, dude? Great to see you, my brother. Appreciate you. It's so good to have you back in the chats. He says, I like what I saw from the coaches yesterday. I hope they keep it up all season. Hashtag cautiously optimistic. Uh, Mill and Ted's excellent adventure. Hashtag click those little thumbs up. Yeah, Chris, and did you see in the locker room post-game, for a second, I mean, this was like a true facepalm moment for yours truly as I'm actually writing up the article. Game balls, Vic gives one to Teddy. Vic gives one to Vaughn. Vic gives one to George Payton, who was in the room. Of course, he's the GM. Ended up addressing the room, did George Payton, and uh, because it was his first inaugural win as a general manager, so that's special to get a game ball. And then Vic called up who? Pat Shermer and Mike Shula and uh, surprised him with a little bit of a Gatorade bath. It was, I think it was water, but you know, that type of thing in the locker room. And at first I'm going, what was that about? And then it's like, duh, revenge game for, for those guys. What a great feeling for both those guys, because last year at the end, uh, at the end of the 2019 season, the New York giants uh, fired Pat Shermer as head coach, which also meant that Mike Shula as offensive coordinator was fired as well. So it was a little revenge game for those guys, which is why Fangio gave him a little extra love and props uh, in the locker room. I mean, they all deserve it. Yeah, certainly Mike Shula, Pat Shermer, Fangio for getting the monkey off his back. But, you know, the one guy not getting any credit, if we're all celebrating this week one victory as a triumphant, you know, feat for Denver, is George Payton. I mean, everyone's talking about Teddy, and rightfully so. Everyone's talking about Fangio turning the corner as a head coach, and maybe rightly so. But how about Peyton coming in as the successor to the Duke of Denver, John Elway, taking over as a first-year rookie GM and instilling what could be what looks like to be a new culture, a new era in Broncos country? I mean, he was a home run hire from the moment they made it, Chad, and nothing he's done since has led me off that that, uh, opinion. He's, He's a great guy to have. Bama X wants to know any numbers on Jonathan Cooper's snap count yesterday. I feel like I didn't see him out there all that much. He was out there. He saw 17 snaps, which on defense accounted for 28% of the snaps. And so with Bradley Chubb out, you know, the Broncos were right. Zach, you said it. You hit the nail on the head last night. Ended up being the right decision because, you know, the Broncos were pretty able to handle the Giants pretty well with Malik Reed little help from Cooper. Even Andre Mintz, Zach, got uh, 16 snaps on defense. So both Cooper and Mintz, rookies won, of course, Cooper, a seventh-round pick. Mintz, uh, a rookie, undrafted uh, free agent. So they uh, didn't really show up in terms of the box score as far as statistics, but they got some, they got some reps out there. I was a little surprised that Cooper didn't didn't get more playtime because his progression this year is important to me. Bradley Chubb's at a crossroads here. I mean, there's a chance that he can depart Denver in the not-so-distant future uh, if, if George Payton wants to make a bolder call there and Cooper could be the successor. But they didn't really need an opposite linebacker to Von Miller, who was wreaking havoc consistently against that Giants OL. And also, Draymond Jones was in the backfield every time I looked up. So they didn't really need that, and that's why it was so smart 
to rest Chubb for that one game. Michaela jumping in again. This is why she is the Duchess here at MHH. She says, I liked how the team looked. I think the game against the Ravens, that's week four, gang, will be the closest test. Love you guys. We love you too. Thank you so much for the support, Michaela. Um, And yes, I mean, each game, it's the league, man. Any given Sunday, right? Like, who saw – I know it's the lowly Jags, but with that number one overall pick at quarterback, who saw the Texans coming in and trucking them like they did in week one? Any given Sunday, who wants it the most? It's not always – who has the most talent? It's not even always who's the best coach. It's who wants it the most. And right. so, you, you you know, that's a that's a um, litmus test that every single team has to answer on a, on a game-in, game-out basis. And that intensity level we saw yesterday and the leadership and just that camaraderie and brotherhood, it speaks to and hints at positive harbinger that this is a energy the Broncos can can sustain. First of all, I think Urban Meyer is a train wreck as a head coach with the Jaguars. I think he's in way over his head. And I wouldn't be surprised now because Clay Helton got fired at USC if if Urban Meyer is kind of uh, eyeing that like the guy with the girl meme looking behind him. Uh, I think the Broncos should have no, no resistance at all preventing them from blowing out the Jaguars on the road in an early time slot next week on the East Coast. It's a really bad team with a really bad defense. I watched the highlights of the Texans-Jags game. The Texans, with Tyrod Taylor, by the way, at quarterback, didn't do much overly well. It's just that the Jaguars were that bad. Trevor Lawrence was turnover prone. The Broncos should be able to turn him over repeatedly. I mean, this should be the easiest game they have all year. But key words, it should be. Nathan, what's going on, buddy? Good to see you. Thank you for that super chat, brother. He says, after seeing Travis Kelsey have a monster day and uh, Cook with five catches, how do you think we'll do defending tight ends in our division? Hashtag Victory Monday. I I think it's always going to be a problem because you have two of the best tight ends in the league uh, in your division. So it's going to be a – it's not going to just go away magically because you've got Patrick Sertan or that you might have Justin Sternod who, by the way, let me look this up real quick. Justin Sternod uh, played did – he, did he season? He got 13 defensive snaps. Or no, pardon me, those were all special team snaps. So Sternod did not see any action yesterday. But either way, Zach, I, I'm bullish and optimistic that they'll be able to counter it better this year, and I think Patrick Sertan is going to be their kind of kryptonite for that. But don't get too far out over your skis. These guys are all pros. I mean, they're two of the best in the league. Yeah, and I wouldn't freak out too much about Pat Sertan blowing his coverage yesterday. I mean, Kyle Fuller had a blown coverage. Darby had a blown coverage. I mean, it it happens. This defense, this secondary, sometimes having a collection of talent is even harder because you have to find a way to mesh it all together. And the Broncos, obviously, at least for one game, didn't mesh it all together. But they're going to be okay. Sternod, though, not getting any defensive reps kind of surprises me. I, Josie played a decent game. He's always a great run stuffer. AJ, same thing. But what, when they were in coverage yesterday, they were, you know, like usual, abysmal. That's supposed to be Sternod's calling card. So when they play a better tight end going forward, hopefully they'll use him on defense. Here is an update. And yes, Kiaka, I feel you, buddy. Thank you. Uh, here is an update on the top stars for tonight. Joshua Shadow going above and beyond to uh, lead the pack tonight on Facebook, uh, 15,000 stars, Mama Muti, 10,000 stars, Zeus, 2,000 stars, plus Super Chat, Michael, 1,100, James Grossman, 800, Travis Ladson, that's a newer name on stars, so Travis, thank you, welcome. That automatically enters you into the Justin Simmons drawing, all right, that qualifies you, Andrew Baker, Gary Leeds Palmer, Melvin Paulson, Corwin Robinson in the house, and Steve Lazuski. Thanks, you guys. Much love. Really appreciate you. Um, all right, where we're at? We're at 37 minutes, so we we got some time. This is good. And plenty of time to uh, address what's on Justin Jarvis's mind. Good to see you, Justin. How you been, buddy? Appreciate you. And uh, glad to have you in the chat. He says, you're welcome for the Broncos win yesterday. It was my first Bronco game after being a fan for 15 years. I have no voice, and I made my... Giants friends, listen to you guys in the <laughs> car on the way home. Thanks for everything. Were they eating their hearts out? How did that go for you? I'm just curious. But, hey, dude, that's so cool. Your first game after being a fan for 15 years, and not only is it a win, I mean, that's a that's a positive omen, <laughs> but it's the first win in September for Vic Fangio 
I mean, so many precedents getting set, so much bad juju being exercised from this demon, Zach, of the past five years. I don't know why, though. Maybe the cynic in me took over. I thought he meant it was his first game after giving up on the team for 15 years. He was reintroducing himself to Broncos country. No, we appreciate the good juju, though. Can you go to the Jaguars game and then go to the Jets game and yeah. then go to the Raven game and every single game on the schedule? That'd be great. Melvin, appreciate the stars, buddy. He says, just checking in. Quickly show some love. Timmy Patrick, huh? Let's go, Broncos. Yeah, Timmy P had a day. He finished uh, with four... He, any surprise here, Zach, four targets, four catches. I mean, that's just – that's how he rolls. Not only does he not drop the ball, but if it's within a plausible radius of his catch point, he's going to come down with it, 39 yards in that touchdown. And then he also got some time at the podium after the game, which was cool to see. So, yeah, the Broncos, they're not going to put Jerry Judy on IR from what it sounds like. Uh, I think Mike Kliss reported that. And Zach, last night, we were under the impression it was going to be a six- to eight-week uh, recovery. They dialed that down to four to six. Yeah. So that's positive. You might – I mean, you have a chance to see Jerry Judy again. There's a shot. Week five? Week six. Week six, probably. This very, 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 very soonest. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, it's a high ankle sprain, and those – just ask Royce Freeman how much of a pain in the ass those can be, Chad. I, I mean, f especially for a receiver, and especially for a receiver like Jerry Judy, whose bread and butter, his livelihood is made off his footwork, his feet, his lower body. I would not rush him back at all, especially when you have the collection of receivers. And in terms of Tim Patrick, I, I, this is not a hot take. He is the most underrated receiver in football, bar none. Truly underrated, not just as hyperbole. I loved what uh, – and by the way, Dylan's birthday this coming Sunday. Awesome, dude. We will be sure to remember that and give you some big-time love and shout-outs on your B-Day. Um, Zach, really quick, here's what Vic said when he was asked about uh, Timmy P's performance. Uh, let me find this here because I loved it because he said uh, – hold on, let me find it first, and I'll say it the way he said it. This is how Vic Fangio said it. Quote, on it, were you encouraged uh, by – Tim Patrick's performance quote. Well, encouraging is a word you can use, I guess, but I'm not surprised by it. That's what I expect from Tim. Tim's a bonafide good NFL receiver. And that's what he should be able to do because he can do it. Close quote. He's bonafide, Zach. And I agree with Vic, <laughs> even though his pronunciation there, maybe a little uh, Pennsylvania yeah. uh, East Coast pronunciation. I don't know. You never heard bonafide before. Yeah. You know, it, it's, uh, again, you guys aren't going to like the analogy when I talk about this, but Amari Cooper was talking about Dak Prescott's 400-yard game, and he goes, where are you surprised that he did that? And he goes, I'm not surprised. That's just what I expect from him. So it's kind of like the same thing. When you set that bar that high and, and someone exceeds it, you are encouraged by it, but you're never surprised. You want that to be the standard going forward. Uh, Kathy says, maybe it's just George Payton's influence on the culture, the energy we're feeling, that intensity. I think that's a big Yes, I think that's a big part of it. We just want to see it continue, and I think it will. I really do think it will because the leadership is there. Starting at the very top, you know, you now you have to wonder if this continues, Chad. Is was Elway the right guy? You know, what was going on at the very uh, the high court of the Broncos front office with Elway? Was he doing his job to the max? Because George Payton, in one off season so far, one season, it's looking like he's turning the ship around at a pretty fast rate. Team Jokic. Jokic? I always pronounce that dude's name wrong because I'm not an NBA guy, but nevertheless. Christian, what's up, buddy? If you could only extend Chubb or Vaughn, who do you got? Well, if, mm. if that decision had to be made today, I'm going to throw a few more dollars at Vaughn because I know I can count on the production. Uh, the Chubster, you got the youth factor. What is he, 25, I think, off the top of my head? So that factors into the equation, Zach, but... You know, Chubb still has a lot to prove. He got a Pro Bowl, all right? His rookie year, phenomenal. 12 sacks, then he gets hurt. Second or uh, Third year, which was last year, gets seven and a half sacks, earns a Pro Bowl, then gets hurt again, and then he opens this year hurt. So I just want to see this dude on the field, okay, before I can really get too out over my skis about throwing some Benjis his way. This is kind of a pro-pros and nothing, but did anyone watch the Browns' Chiefs game? Nick Chubb is a, is a freaking beast, man. I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, in terms of Bradley Chubb, I, I was his, one of his bigger proponents, as were you, and we always thought he would be the long-term anchor at outside linebacker and Vaughn would pass the torch, but if he can't stay healthy, none of that matters. And 
his ankle. And what Vic Fangio said after yesterday's game, is he out for week two? And Fangio said, hopefully he'll be back soon. It's not really a great paint, you know, picture to paint for his, his status, at least in the short term. So yeah, after one game, Vaughn looks like the Vaughn of old. And you're going to pay the guy that's on the field producing. I'm paying Vaughn, the Hall of Famer. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right, let me see where we're at here. Um, 43 minutes. And uh, John Clay eventing, eventing. This team just has the old Broncos feeling. Go Broncos. Cheese and rice, John. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. It has a good feeling. Let's, let's, let's parlay this into a week two win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Come home. Celebrate with MHH pregame. I love that was one of the things, Zach, that, that Vic said uh, in his rousing, raucous locker room uh, victory speech was, guys, if we can get out to a 2-0 start, that home opener in week three against the Jets, that stadium's going to be a rock, and he is 100% right. It's going to be lit. Yeah, they should be 2-0. I mean, and, and they should have all the momentum in the world to go 3-0 in that game. But it starts with Vic. It starts with Pat Shermer. Tom McMahon, it starts with the coaching. I was never worried about the quarterbacking, be it Teddy or Drew. I was never worried about any player on the field so much as I was worried about the coaching. Fangio had him ready to go, and they had a game plan on offense, defense, specials. If that continues, the sky is the limit this year. Andrew Baker says, uh, I was so glad to watch football with my sons. Uh, My three-year-old was hyped, LOL. He even wanted to watch the replay today instead of his cartoons. Hey, you're raising them right. Good job, Andrew. That's cool, buddy. Uh, James Grossman, appreciate you and the stars, my friend. He says, I was just glad to feel that sense of urgency and winning tempo return, the fighting spirit. And I think these had been missing elements to our teams really since Peyton Manning left. You see this with Mahomes and Brady where you know they're going to fight for points the entire game. I hope this lasts for the remainder of our season. And speaking of Peyton Manning, Mike Ronquillo's letting us know, hey, reminder, Peyton and Eli Manning calling Monday Night Football on ESPN2. Thank you for that reminder. But, yes, I love it. The fight was there. That was something I was talking about early on in tonight's stream is that will to win, and it starts at quarterback. It does. And uh, what's the score of the Raiders game? I saw that the, the – I think the Ravens are shutting him down. So it's a, it's a good early look at the Broncos' Seven big four opponent. 7 nothing. That's it. Yep. Half uh, just at the top of the the second quarter. It looks like, uh, Jess. What's up, buddy? Thank you for that. He says, "Let's freaking go." I feel bad for my neighbors this season. Yeah, take take it easy on them. Take it easy on them. No, just kidding. Don't have fun. Why I asked though, Chad, is that they made a what? what I can't pronounce his first name. I can never remember. Cleon Farrell, the defense the defensive oh, lineman. Uh, Clellan. Clellan Farrell. Yeah, they made him a healthy scratch today. And that kind of furthers the narrative that there's a disconnect between Mike Mayock and John Gruden. So it's interesting to see the implosion that will be the 2020 Raiders this season. All right. Uh, BNS. Michael, love you, buddy. You demand. You demand. Uh, my, BNS says, Chad, what will this D-line do against a horrific Jacksonville O-line? Miller, Jones, Ajim, Reed, Cooper. Could be a very productive day. Thoughts? Yes, it could. I am inclined to lean in the direction Zach kind of started us off on with Urban Meyer. Man, I know he's starting over, and he start, but he's starting over with the most coveted quarterback in the 2021 class, Zach. And we're talking about Trevor Lawrence, who was was spoken of in the same sentences as can't miss Andrew Luck, can't miss John Elway, right. can't miss Peyton Manning. So. We're not going to have too many tears for Urban Meyer if he can't find a way to make some hay. But, yes, dude, I mean, look, hopefully you get Chubb, too, next week. And if that's the case, I mean, Draymond Jones was a beast yesterday. He didn't I don't think he ended up with any sacks, but he was an animal at the point of attack. Uh, let's see, yeah, Vaughn was the only one to get home yesterday, but they pressured Daniel Jones. So I think uh, it's going to be a long day for the rookie number one overall pick. Yeah, I knew Urban Meyer was a bad fit when they drafted Travis Etienne and despite having James Robinson at running back. And then he he wouldn't name Trevor Lawrence the starting quarterback, even though Lawrence was the number one overall pick. And then they split reps and they finally traded away Minshew for a sixth rounder. I mean, that's a dumpster fire waiting to happen. 
And on paper, this should be a Broncos blowout, but the game isn't played on paper, and that's why I want to say, was week one an aberration, or was it what the real reality is going to be for this year's outfit? Hopefully the latter. All right, let me look here. Uh, at 48 minutes, we got a little bit more time. Um, let me see here. I want to make sure we... Well, in fact, what I'm going to do here is I want to turn to uh, Vic Fangio. Uh, a couple other things he touched on today. Josie Jewell. Josie Jewell finished yesterday's game um, with four tackles. All of them were combined tackles, so they're all assist tackles. How did you feel about Josie's performance? Because I liked what I saw from Josie and Alexander Johnson in the first game. I liked, you know, overall I did, but I didn't like seeing Josie Jewell cover a slot receiver. I mean, I don't know what Vangio was thinking with that deployment, but it wasn't working out, so maybe get rid of that. But as a run stuffer, they both were bringing the lumber as always, and I saw Josie fly into the backfield. I think it was a TFL. It might not have been. It might have been the line of scrimmage, but he was bringing the heat a missile as a run defender. That's his calling card, and as long as he brings that to the table and the Broncos mask his coverage issues, they'll be okay. I, I saw quite a few fans on uh, social media today lamenting, man, you, you're, you're starting linebackers. Jewel gets four tackles, all assists. AJ gets two tackles, both assists. Guys, the Giants only ran the ball 14 times. Then you had Daniel Jones scramble for six different attempts. But all in, we're talking about 20 carries from the line of scrimmage, not counting the uh, completions, which are going into the defensive secondary usually. And so, you know, there's not as many uh, tackles to go around, but they did show up on the stat sheet, and they shut down the run. I mean, the Giants, Saquon Barkley, in what was supposed to be a triumphant return, finished with a 2.6 yards per carry average. Devontae Booker, who looked like a man reborn last year with the Raiders, four totes, seven yards. (laughs) I mean, Daniel Jones was their leading rusher. So, guys, your off-ball linebackers and your defensive line, they're doing something right. Yeah, I don't really care how the tackles are divvied up, and let's not forget the Giants were a negative game script for a lot of the second half, meaning they were forced to throw and not run, so that's why the you know the secondary players got the tackles. I don't really care how, it's, how the pie is divided as long as there is a pie for the Broncos to feast on, figuratively. All right, let me see here. Um, all right, a couple other things real quick here I wanted to touch on. Uh, Pat Sertan. I think some fans got a little too bullish about PS2 because, you know, it's kind of one of those situations, Zach, where, you know, you have such a sensational summer and preseason that as a rookie, there's kind of only one way to go, and that's down when those expectations get set so so monumentally high. And he didn't have a great first actual real NFL game. But that doesn't make me doubt his wherewithal or his what his ultimate impact on this team is going to be this year or in the future. Well, you know, you talk about – that's a great point you made. And you, you talk about the barometer, his first preseason game, his first taste of NFL action. What does he do? He has a pick six. So fans were kind of expecting that level of all pro right out of the gates when – He needs refinement. He's still a rookie. He has a lot to learn. And the Broncos secondary overall has a little bit to go before they're the no-fly zone 2.0. That's the problem with inducting players into Canton or crowning players before they have to earn it. Same reason for Fields and all that hype coming in. And they have to earn that going forward. Pat Sertan will be an All-Pro, I think. But expecting him to be Champ Bailey 2.0 out of the gates was a little far-reaching. Also, guys, Sertan saw just... 16 snaps so and I think part of that was you know he got exposed early in the game on at least one big completion that I can I haven't watched it twice yet I haven't had a chance to but I'm thinking off the top of my head that that one big cross uh, that was relinquished to him and so maybe that led to the Broncos going ah, let's let's kind of ease him more in but you know you look at Kyle Fuller played 90% snaps uh, Darby played 100% snaps. So that should tell you a little something about how who the Broncos view as the man. And then Callahan uh, played 84%. And I was, I know that he got a ticky-tack call on him, Ronald Darby, but I was actually impressed with Darby in his debut as a Bronco. 
I was too. Yeah. I mean, I thought he would be targeted and it was actually Kyle Fuller being targeted and that kind of surprised me. Uh, the one guy I didn't hear called much was Bryce Callahan yesterday. So at least yeah. there's one cornerback that was stable, but this is a work in progress. Like I said, and when you have four starting caliber cornerbacks and three starting spots to go around at most, you have to play musical chairs until you find a tune that, that you like. Michael. Hey dude. He says, I want to say thanks Broncos country for being one big Broncos family. We got to thank you, my friend. All right. And uh, there is a little thank you coming your way. You got a hat coming your way. Uh, plus, you got a little something, something that was put in the mail for you today. So uh, be sure, guys, when for the giveaway winners and the people that finished at the top of the food chain in the contest yesterday uh, or last month by virtue of how much they supported. Remember, the only people in the running for the jersey giveaways and the stuff we're doing. Uh, are the people who contribute to the goal. And, Michael, you contributed in a big, bad way last month. You're doing it again this month. So, hey, dude, we thank you, and we wish we could see you, uh, not this Sunday but the next, but we'll be doing this often. It might be only one time this year. We'll see. We might do it again later in the season, but this is going to become a tradition that we're going to hold to uh, at MHH here for the long haul. Yeah, for sure. And I see one comment from BNS that I wanted to I wanted to mention this anyway. We're talking about Glasgow. Uh, do you know if Moody will play right guard this week? Uh, Glasgow, it's up in the air whether he will practice Wednesday or his status in the short term. But uh, Vic Fangio did confirm that Moody would start at right guard if Glasgow were to miss any time. And he played three snaps yesterday against the Giants. And I'm sure they were three run blocking snaps. So uh, he's the next man up for sure. Yes, indeed. By the way, some uh, buzz going on on the ownership front that Jeff Bezos might get involved yeah. in the Broncos. Jay-Z, Jay-Z too. <laughs> 99 problems and the Broncos might become one. <laughs> we shall see. But uh, so far, all that stuff is is conjecture and, and rumor. Mark Langley, legend. By the way, Mark, you are currently ranked number six in the September Super Chat Superstar ranking. The top five finishers on Super Chat are going to be in the drawing for the Justin Simmons giveaway. And uh, so just keep that in mind, my friend. Love you. Appreciate you. He says, what's up, my guys? I know how Teddy B can keep his helmet on, cut his uh, dreadlocks. Hashtag Chia Pet, watch it grow, huddle up pod, football priest. Yeah, I mean, he's trying to grow the dreads, you know? And it's like, I remember as a teenager, I thought, you know, because I grew up in the 90s, right, which you saw long hair come back on on dudes. And there was a stretch there. I'm like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to like grow my hair long. And as it started getting a, you get into that phase where it's, there's like a stretch there where it just doesn't look good. You, you, you want to get along. If you can grind it out through that weird section between where it's between the top of your ears and your jaw, you can kind of hold on for dear life through that. Then you get the dividends. Same holds true for dudes trying to grow dreadlocks. You got the short, you know, it grows longer. So I think for Teddy, Zach, it all comes down to getting that helmet, locking it down, figuring that out, and you'll be just fine. Yeah, I never had dreadlocks. I never had long hair down on my shoulders, but I did have a Chia Pet before, so that's fun. Uh, and also, Teddy looked cool. I'm, I'm not going to lie. You know, too big a hair, this and that, but the gold chains. I mean, he's, he's looking oh, yeah. like Denzel, an American gangster. He's He does have some swag. The queen in the house. What's going on, Christy? Good to see you. All right, we are at 56. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Nathan wants to know thoughts on Carolina's mixed reality Panther. What? Zach syntax translator. Let's go. Uh, thoughts on Carolina's mixed reality Panther. I don't know, but the Panthers took down the jets yesterday. Is that's, <laughs> that's what you're talking about, Nathan. Oh, I'm hold not, up. I'm not hold sure. Up. Hold up. We're, uh, I think, we got some – we'll put a pin in that, Nathan. We'll come right back to that. Trust, okay? If you can clarify, though, what you mean, let us know. We're, we're getting uh, – I'm getting a little voice in my ear telling me there's a little something-something that's kind of cool on that front. Give us just a minute. Uh, Michaela, love you. Is it just me or Aaron Rodgers looking like a zombie? He just looks old and gaunt. He does look gaunt. That's a good word to describe Aaron Rodgers right now, old and gaunt. That's a good phrase, I should say. Uh, I'm glad we don't have him. Here's here's what uh, they're referring to. All right, what the Sam Hill? Is what that is real? That? That's uh, some kind of um, is that animatronic or something? A- yeah, no, dude, that's some kind of or like a CGI digital. 
thing. Oh, it's like, is that real? That's like you got freaking <laughs> Godzilla in the house. Yeah, I don't know. What, what was that movie? The Kaiju uh, Pacific Rim, you know? Yeah. Like in the stadium. I thought it was it was a that's pretty a, dope. A, a knockoff of that cat that fell from uh, the Dolphin Stadium. You saw that, and he was caught in the American flag. No, on, I did not on, see that on nine eleven. Yeah, wow, Merka. Yes, indeed. Um, all right, guys. It's, uh, it's yeah. I know Jay. Time. It's visual effects. I understand that now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I'm embarrassed enough. But you know what, Zach? I mean, deep fake technology. I mean, obviously that was that was uh, uh, CGI and stuff. But like, yeah. deep fake technology has gotten to a point where like you can't tell real from from not real, and uh, it's it's actually kind of kind of trippy how realistic some of these graphics and things like that are. I mean, I'm kind of sounding like an old man right now, but it's true. Yeah, don't fall asleep on those uh, those CGI graphics. <laughs> I mean, in my defense, though, it looked like a smaller cat jumping onto the scoreboard, and then it got to be a giant monster, so that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Yes, indeed. Okay, guys, we're going to do one more uh, Facebook update to show her where everyone finished on the day, and then, uh, oh, golly. Oh, my God, Mark. Judas. Judas Priest. That's the that's my epithet is Judas wow. Priest. Golly, dude. Mark Langley, I think just Wow. Well, let me see. Let me see. Oh let Mark. Let me see where that put him. I'll tell you right now. Oh, it's it's trying to not be my friend. Hold on, I'm looking at the rankings real quick. Well, it's gonna be definitely top five. I mean he's top five. Mark, dude, thank you, bro. <laughs> Seriously. Hats off. Love you, dude. I mean, I'm I'm freaking stunned and speechless right now. So just know that uh, we love you. We appreciate you. We're gonna we're gonna be sending you a little something something. I'll t- I'll text you after the show, dude. Yeah. But thank you, thank you very much, brother. He said this is for you guys, and that's a triple digit, high triple digit super chat. That I mean, he's up there. He he's one of the co-owners of the all-time individual super chat record, along with Michaela, along with D Dub. And uh, that's just below the, the individual record. So, Mark, dude, thank you, bro. Thank you. I love seeing, you know, the flowers he's getting in the side chat. Langley bomb, King Langley. I, Mark, thank you seems, you know, insincere to that level of generosity. Just know that we are forever indebted, you know, figuratively and literally. We love you so, so much. And Chad and I will we'll reach out after the podcast. Thank you again, though. Seriously. Jeremy, how could I forget? Also, Jeremy is one of the co-owners of the all-time super. So there's four people that are... I'm pre- I think Jeremy's I yeah, I'm certain. Dale, Jeremy, Michaela, Mark. OG in the house. We've had Jeremy on the show. Good to see you, buddy. Black Knight 232. Are we going to take bets on Locke getting traded this year? Also, screw Twitch. Can't watch anything over there. Why? What do you what do you mean? What's going on with Twitch? Is the stream down? Are you talking about us or just like generally speaking? I don't know. Um but Zach, what's your answer for Jeremy? Are we going to take bets on Lockett getting traded this year? It's it's one game. I mean, it's still just one game. You have to have a backup quarterback, and I would feel a lot more confident. I, this I'm sure this will draw you know pushback. I'd feel more confident with that second quarterback coming in being Drew Locke and not Brett Rippin or some other guy to get off the street. I don't see him getting traded, and I don't see where he would go right now. Every team that would need a quarterback has one, and I don't think the Broncos want to relinquish that if they don't truly have to. Andrew with the zinger to end them all. Y'all going to blow the hair off Chad's face next? LOL. Not much on the head left. Yes, indeed. Uh, Tis my lasting lament. Um, Not really. You got to embrace the bald, man. You just got to embrace it. Zach, to end this evening, on Facebook, Joshua Shadow finishes atop the pile. Man, that's just so generous. Thank you, Joshua. Mama Muti right there at number two. Thank you. Michael at number three. Love you, bro. Zeus, checking Zeus. in on Facebook, checking in on Super Chat. James Grossman, thank you, brother. Andrew Baker, thank you. Travis Ladson, good to see you. Good to have you here. Welcome. Stick around. Gary Leeds Palmer, Corwin Robinson, Melvin Paulson, and Steve Lazuski. Much love to you guys. Tomorrow, we will, well, we're off tomorrow. Building the Broncos will be on. Plus, don't forget tomorrow morning, guys. You have a fresh episode of Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. They'll be uh, dropping some knowledge on a drive-time show, 7.30 a.m. Mountain, 9.30 Eastern. All right, so don't miss that. Uh, but Tuesday night, 
we're off Wednesday. When we come back, we will update where YouTube is at in the, in the uh, September Justin Simmons giveaway rankings and all that, as well as Facebook. Uh, you'll probably see some of that tomorrow night too on the BTB stream. But Zach, before we say goodnight to everybody, I just got to remember and remind everybody, make sure you head over to the app store. All right. If you're an Apple person or Google play and download the BetQL app. All right, we got to thank our sponsor tonight for the live stream pod. BetQL's information is in the description of this video along with our code MHH. You use that at checkout, you're going to get 25% off. It's going to help you get the better of your bookie or your sports book. And then don't forget also the special BetMGM offer in the description to receive a free year of BetQL and other sports book sign-up offers and bonuses. And with that, Zach, we got to say goodnight. Love you guys. We'll see you uh, Wednesday night. But again, don't forget tomorrow. Great day of content here at MHH with Broncos for breakfast and then building the Broncos at 6 p.m. Mountain. Yeah, and uh, hope everyone has a great night. Chad, have a great rest of your night, great rest of your Monday night, everyone out there. And Mark, thank you once again for your generosity. It's truly incredible. This was the Huddle Up Podcast, though. And in the meantime, until we see you guys next time on Wednesday night, be sure to follow the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account for your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, transactions, and so much more, your one-stop shop at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't already, go to HuddleUpPod.com. And get your swag on. Get yourself a, a football priest hat, shirt, coffee cup, hoodie, anything and everything you can imagine is in that store. Also, Facebook.com slash Pod. Big blue button. Become a supporter. Five bucks a month, guys. You get instant access to our VIP content like Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone every single week. Also, Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page and follow that page. If you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for some chance to win free swag every single month takes two seconds we appreciate it but if you can't do those things just do these three steps that take a few seconds subscribe like and share this video and every single video you see on the mhh channel helps us grow and reach more broncos fans just like you real quick guys check this out i see jay wanting to know we need an update video of carl i don't know about videos but as you can see here carl is uh abroad where was it the dominican republic i think it's the dominican republic not haiti dominican republic i want to say but this is where he's gone. He's adopting these two boys, and uh, he's already indoctrinating them into the orange and blue faith. And he's going to be down there for a while because it's quite a long and understandably involved process doing that. But those are the two new additions to Clan Dumbler. And so if you want your uh, updates on how that's going, make sure you're following Carl on Twitter, by the way, at Carl Dumbler MHH. And with that, Zach, sign us off, brother. Yes, sir. Very cool on Carl's behalf and the best of his family. Take care, guys. We'll see you Wednesday night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. As always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.